Welcome to How Now, the podcast where we talk about how to live in the now. And here's your host, Kim Martin Raymond. Peace and blessings, and welcome to another edition of How Now, where we talk about how to live in the now. We know that time waits for no one, so we are blessed to live in the now and to embrace each new day, because with new days come new mercies. Again, I am your host, Kim Martin Raymond, minister, spiritual life coach, author, and founder of Redefining You, LLC, where I help my clients to align themselves mind, body, and spirit. Tonight's episode is entitled, No Longer a Prisoner of My Thoughts. I am free. As is customary with our How Now podcast, I have my guests to introduce themselves because I believe that giving individuals an opportunity to present themselves to the world the way they want to is their path towards authenticity. And so with that being said, I'd like to give Caroline an opportunity to introduce herself to the world. Caroline. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Caroline Dunlop. I am the chief recidivism crusher, and I have created Tubs of Love LLC. And that is my birthing moment that I had in my life was that business and everything that accompanies that, as well as recidivism crushers that just started about a month ago. That's who I am. I'm, I want to educate and elevate people on recidivism. Amen, amen. Well, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here. Okay, and you said you are the chief recidivism crusher. I love That's that. Right. I love you. that. And so um, let's start off first with what recidivism is, because um, it was a word that I had never heard of, Yes. you know, prior. And I, you, know, <laughs> you know, you consider yourself a learned person. You consider yourself a person who reads and everything. And yep. I said, recidivism, I had to and learn. And they say a word and it catches you like, wait, what was that? That's right. And you go, uh, who? <laughs> oh, what is that? Well, <laughs> right, recidivism, right, Kim, right. is the tendency of a convicted felon or criminal to reoffend. Ah. And what my business is based off of is my own prison sentence. And I was not a victim to recidivism, but I, I could have become one. Ah, Okay. So do you mind sharing a little bit about your story sure, and how came to, to become a recidivism question? I sure can. Uh, uh, my story actually started and ended in the same place in 2013 when I was convicted of assault and battery, high and aggravated. And I was sentenced to a 20-year sentence, wow. but it was suspended to five because I knew of um, the people within the court system. I had a husband at the, at the time who worked within the jail system. So I knew quite a bit of them and they were really surprised at what happened. Um, what happened is that I don't really remember much of it because I really did black out, but I was um, incarcerated and I was sick. So I had to go to the hospital and I wound up blacking out and I assaulted one of the COs there that was guarding me in the inside the, the hospital. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what said it. I don't remember anything, but I know like I tell people all the time, mental health is mm-hmm. very important. And it, my mental health was very bad at that moment because I, A, I was homeless. B, I was being um, abused by my husband at the time, second husband. <laughs> so it was, um, it was very bad. It was very bad. So it wound up 
getting physical and then elevated to that, I spent 281 days in a lockup cell, 23 hours locked up by myself with one hour to shower and phone wow. and do all your little yeah necessities for an hour. So after that, yeah. So like I said, I was sentenced to 20, but I suspended to five. So I did um, 85% of that. 85% is um, they give that to women. So that meant I did four years and nine months, but with my whole sentence altogether with county and state, I did seven years altogether. Wow. And during that time when I got arrested and when I was sent to jail first, and that's where they process you, and then they get your sentence, and then they send you to wherever they need to house you, whichever federal or state prison. So I was here, I was sent here to in Columbia, South Carolina on Broad River Road, and I did all of my sentence there. The first year, I don't remember. It was very, very um, blurry because, like I said, my mental health was very, very bad. I, I can accumulate that to having a Britney Spears moment where she shaved her hair off and she beat up the car. Mm-hmm. That's that's where my life, my mental health was. I was doing a lot of crazy things that made no sense. My ex-husband at the time was uh, breaking up my medicine and putting it in my food. So if you can imagine that plus mental abuse and it was a lot of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm glad I don't remember most of it, but the things I do remember have changed my mind or they traumatized me enough to want to change my mind. So during prison, I had to learn to live in the present. And I tell people all the time, prison and jail is different. <clears throat> Even though you're locked up, you're away from your families. Prison is a community. Jail is just a, a building that people go to. Wow. So when I left jail, went to prison, I had a community. I, I was able to be in choir, praise dance. I got um, introduced to um, some wonderful um, apostles and pastors. It was I had a family within the prison. And then when I got out, I had an awful experience with trying to find a halfway house or a transitional home. Um, the lady just did it for money and it wound up backfiring on her. So we, I wound up leaving. I uh, got an apartment with an, an ex-friend who wound up, who was also in jail, with, in prison with me at the time. But then I got my own home and then I found out that I was pregnant. <laughs> and this came as a shock to me because I was told that it would be very hard for me to conceive any more children because at the time I had four kids, but I also had nine pregnancies and five miscarriages. Oh, wow. So I found out by that time I was pregnant, I was about five months pregnant. So I did not know. So that within the next week, I found out I was having a girl. Fast forward to now, I've created a business. I had a baby in the middle of a pandemic. So it's been, (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to put my mind on all of that. It was, Tubs of Love was created from that moment, from being incarcerated. Had I not gone to prison, had I not get out and gone through what I went through, I would not have built the business because I wouldn't have been able to, God wouldn't have been able to provide me the opportunity had had it have changed and had it have ended differently. So I had Mm -hmm. to go through those steps Right. And that's okay, because I don't mind paving the road for somebody else, as long as they don't have the hardships that I did, but they grow, so they don't have to ever go through them again. That's Absolutely. that's where this recidivism came into, because I met some really wonderful women, and I, I tell people all the time, those are my family, and prison is not just full of people who are bad, it's people who do bad things, mm-hmm. and that doesn't mean they can't change, Right. and that's a great for your here and the now, because people do, even now, they don't want to, they remember me for who I was a decade ago. They don't remember or want to know who I am now. Right. So 
trying to get them to, you know, give a little, they got to see some more, but they have that old toxic bad taste in their mouth for who I was a decade ago. Mm -hmm. It seems very hard for them to grasp that I've changed, that I'm doing better and I'm going to continue to do better. So when Tubs of Love was created and my mom and my dad, who have been the backbone to everything that has happened here, um, they stepped in and they've been there the whole time with me, helping me, giving me guidance, financial advice, all kinds of things that have helped me and my parents' relationship grow and elevate to the best it can be. And my mom is actually, the thanks for my name, we are very in tuned into the spirit of Christ. We're Christ followers ourselves. And me and my mom, we pray a lot. We talk a lot about Christ. We do a lot of praying and do we do a lot of fellowship. So within me and her being so close together, she said she had a spiritual download. She said, I got it. She recidivism crusher. And she did just like that with her pen and walked out the room. I'm like, what? Oh, what did you call me? Mind blown. So I go to work the next day because I posted it. They're like, wait, what is that? What, what did you say? So everyone was like, Whoosh. I'm like, my mom gave me the name. So my mom is the thanks for that name and okay. the title. She says, when you introduce yourself, you, like you said, you tell people who you are. So she started to introduce yourself as chief recidivism crusher because I crush recidivism. That's it. That's it. Well, my goodness, that was a mouthful, honey. And yes, yes <laughs> you told us from the beginning to the end how yeah. you got to the to to that name, recidivism crusher. Yeah. And and yes, the the whole premise behind us doing this show, and like you said, behind doing how now is to talk about now. You know, I want to give people an opportunity to get a glimpse into your past and to understand what what recidivism is, mm-hmm. but also to talk about the fact that, like you said, you're not that person. Mm-hmm. You're you're living in today. Mm-hmm. Today, you're Caroline Dunlop, chief recidivism crusher. That's right. Period. And that's, that's right. Beautiful. But the period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Thank you. My daughter says it all the time. Period. Put oh, a T on it. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's right. And and that's what's important. And and as we talk about that, you know, you talk about love and respect, and you talk about the mm-hmm. the uh, you know your parents stepping in and and supporting you and helping you, and you talk about the difference between prison and jail. And that was, you know, mm-hmm. that was an excellent explanation because you don't think of it that way. Yeah. You know, I, you mm-hmm. think of, yeah, it's like you say, you think about the church and you think about the building, you think about the people, you think about the community. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing yeah. when you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, a, a community of people who are coming together, who yeah. are developing relationships and are, are developing love and respect for one another. And that's something that's so important in you being able to be the person that you are right now. And so, you know, I, I you know, I, I sat here and I'm just reflecting on how important that is because even during this pandemic, mm-hmm. we have to be respecters of persons. Yeah. We have to stop and think, you know, how, how the things that we're doing affect people. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you were stepping out and you served your time and you were, you know, stepping out and trying to do new things, you needed people to respect who you are now and not those things that you did. And so just like you said, it's hard to make that transition 
when people mm-hmm. are trying to hold you back, you know, in the past. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sure that that those who you had an opportunity to um, reconnect with, like you said, you reconnected with the young lady who um, you became, a, you, you said you all became roommates for, mm-hmm. a, for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that that was wonderful too, to be able to oh, reconnect yeah. because those relationships, you know, transcend, like you said, beyond the walls. Mm-hmm. And so um, one thing that I want to talk about now is, is mindsets and the changing of mindsets. And um, I was sharing with you a little earlier, um, you know, before we got on about, um, you know, a statement that I was told uh, mm-hmm. by a, um, a uh, bishop at a church that I attend. And um, he was speaking about, you know, cages and talking about that uh, cages are made of metal you know, but mm-hmm. we are not prisoners in those cages. We're prisoners of our thoughts. And mm-hmm. so when you talk about mental illness and when you talk about mm-hmm. mental health and when you talk about, you know, being incarcerated, it goes just beyond, like you said, those four walls. It goes mm-hmm. uh, to your thoughts and how you can become a prisoner of the very thoughts that you have and how that can, you know, hold you more captive than those actual bars can. So talk to me a little bit more about mindsets and and how your mindset began to change. Well, my mindset changed. Let's talk about how my mindset was awful. My mindset was very, it was jacked up from the floor up for about Uh 20 years, about two (laughs) decades. I say that because I I didn't know how to deal with with loss, with um, rejection, with anything, because I was bullied as a kid and that that affected me. Um, my brother had things going on with him. It was just, it was a whole combination of things. So my mental health at that time was just, my mindset mental health, it was awful. I was talking bad about myself, um, speaking death, not life, prophetically, mm-hmm. constantly. Why is this, this is happening because of this. And one day somebody said, you know what? She said, well, how long have you been divorced? And I said, five years. And I don't know something about that moment when I said five years, it, it was like the spirit said, really? Right. So can you want to say that again? Five whole years you've been sitting in this and he's moved on and you're still sitting in this. Five years. That was when I had a mind shift. I don't want to be sitting around talking about, oh, he left me and it's been 30 years. That's just, that's not an excuse to me. That's just wanting to stay in the mess. I want to grow and I want to know. I want to do better. If you know better, you do better. That's right. And that's what I decided to do. And with mindsets, it's not just about saying, okay, I'm beautiful or I'm smart. It's a whole process of mind, body, spirit. It's all in your thoughts. It's what you see. It's what you're around. It's what you're inside of. It's what you come out of. It's not just one. It's multiple. So you need a good accountability circle for yourself to stay in a good mindset, good prayer life, good friendships, and you have to have boundaries. And I believe with all of that accumulation and coupled with if you need mental health uh, medication, the thing like that, of course, that AIDS, therapy, psychiatry, all of that is wonderful. All of that's wonderful because I still go to therapy to this day. Mm-hmm. Prison did a lot of, I saw a lot of things in prison I didn't want to see. I experienced things I did not want to see. I saw people pass away in front of my eyes. I've experienced losses just like anyone has, but it seems like when you go through something like that, it's very traumatic to your mental state. Because you're forced to live like animals. It really was 
a it was a physical prison, but mentally after I came out of the fog the second year and decided I was gonna let God mold me and put me together rather than me do it because it was not working when I did it. That's it it grew and it got better. And all he's done since then is continue to, hey, you know what? This is what you need to do now. Okay, so when I start having those bad thoughts, the spirit's like, uh-uh, remember you said, or God told you this, and I remember, and I write it down so that when I have those moments, I can go back and reread, remember where God said, or remember when, you know what, you have to talk yourself up sometimes. Yes. You won't get a pat on the back, or you won't get a lot of times people to hold you while you cry. You just want to, I'm not going to sit in it. So if I want to cry, I'm going to cry, but then I'm going to dry my eyes. I'm going to write about it, get it off my chest, and I'm going to move on. Yeah. And that's something that's so vital that you, that you say, because it's okay for us to experience emotion, you know, mm -hmm. but, but yeah, it's not healthy when we, like you said, when we sit in it and, yeah. and we wallow in it. And because mm -hmm. that, that, that causes that stagnation because yes. we're not, we're not willing to move beyond that space and, and it becomes That's a true. vacuum. It becomes a vacuum. Yes, and, because and some people don't want to be around you. They're like, oh, we can, we don't want to go around her. Because remember, she talks about divorce all the time. She's that girl. That's that's uh -huh. why I was for five years. I don't want anybody else to go through that. That's it. That's it. And just mm -hmm. like you said, those thoughts will stay with you. And if we don't start you know, speaking over ourselves and figuring mm -hmm. out what to do to get beyond that, just like you said, I love that you said, and you said it so beautifully. You know, I, you know, I cried. I cried about it. And then I wrote about it. And then I moved on. Because that's mm -hmm. what's important for us to do, to be able to move beyond that space. And if we don't yes. do that, you know, we, we're putting ourselves at a disadvantage. And that's the same thing. I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep going back to the pandemic because that's what we're in right mm -hmm. now. And, and it's yep. so important that we don't, you know, that we're not captured by fear and that we're not captured mm -hmm. by those, you know, the frustrations that this pandemic has brought but that yes. we seek the knowledge that we need to mm -hmm. be able to move forward and to be able to say, okay, this is not where I want to be. I want to mm -hmm. be over there. And, and what are the steps that I need to take to get me over there? Yes. And so you said See, one of the things- What you just huh? said, that's a plan. And that's what nobody has. They don't have right. plans. And if you don't have a plan, you will fail. That's right. <laughs> that's right. And I love that- I did that for almost 30 wrestle. years. Wow, mm -hmm. wow. And yeah, it's not, it's not something, it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and we've, it is because it's ongoing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's ongoing. It, it doesn't stop. Yeah. It becomes a way of life. And it's something that, that, uh, you know, just becomes a part of who we are as yes. we're moving forward. We're just, we're not, you know, we're, we're not saying, okay, well, I'm just looking for the quick fix, quick fix. We're looking for the mm -hmm. long haul. What is something right. that I can do that's going to help me to get through this? And one thing that you said that I think is so important to do, you know, if you're a writing person is to journal, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. I'm sure that that um, you, you probably had an opportunity to go back and look at some of the things that you journaled over your time. Oh, there. Tell me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been my dad has given me a journal when I was, I think, nine or ten. And I've been journaling since then. So I've been literally almost 40 years. I've been just journaling. So I have been writing those feelings. So when I go back, like um, recently, so I'm going to write it. I've written a book. I just have to get it published. So I have all these books and chapters. And I go back and I'm just, I have to stop Kim because I get stuck 
And I start reading, like, wait, oh, wait, what, what? That is so bad when that happened. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So then I'm just, I'm reliving it all over again. And there's a lot of really like raw moments in there, but there's a lot of really good stuff. Cause I also write down my prayers. Oh, what I need for this. And I'll go back. Perfect example. I'm glad you said writing that down. Um, when I got out and I didn't have a vehicle, got in a relationship, shouldn't have got in a relationship with this man just for a whole year, almost a year. It was just awful. Then he took me, gave me a car, took the car away. So I was walking back and forth to work, mm. had two jobs. So I was getting up at three o'clock to walk to my first job at four to wow. open and I was just all this stuff. And then it was like, I said, you know, God, I really, I need a car, but I need a car that you have to give me the car because if you give it to me, nobody's going to take it from me. Mm. And I just, that's what I prayed. But before I had prayed that prayer, I was sitting in my couch pregnant saying, oh my gosh, I just, I need a car. I, I got to call some people I gotta ask. I did this for about two hours of just going back and forth. Mm -hmm. Who can I, who can help me? And I remember God just saying in that moment, why don't you ask me? Mm. I said, oh, well, I, and I was trying to reason like why I should have asked him. So then, I mean, if I could ask him for, a bag of sugar, I can ask him for a car, simply. So mm -hmm. I said, okay, God, I need a car, but I, I need you to give it to me. And I'm going to believe that you're going to give it to me. I'm not going to ask anybody else. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to believe that you're going to give it to me. Do you not know that prayer? Okay, so that following week, no, actually, two days after that, mm -hmm. because the following went to get the car, but two days after that, a friend of mine who was in prison ministry, who came down, we've been friends ever since, she said, well, I have this friend, her name is Shirley, and she has this van. And she wants to sell it. And she said, well, she's going to sell it for like 2300 I said, well, kind of can't afford it because I'm kind of saving for this. She said, okay, let me, let me just go back and forth. So I quit answering the text and I go to lunch about a couple hours later. And she uh, she calls me. She says, aren't you so happy? I'm like, yay, why am I happy? She said, you don't take your text messages? I said, no, let, I'll call you back. So I checked my text messages. So it went from 3000 3300 um, to, uh, to 500, to zero, to you, you can have the car, it's gifted to you. So by that wow. weekend, I had a van. I didn't have to pay for it. God gave it to me and nobody's taking it away. Right. I asked in, I asked in Jesus name, I asked, he said, declare it, proclaim it, it's yours. That is the proof and the power of prayer yeah. and belief. And I said, I need you to give it to me. And that is how you stay in the now as well because you're right. calling on your higher power all the time. Okay, God, I remember when this happened, God says, nope, you're not in that anymore. You're right here. Remember, let's stay right here. Let's go from step to step to step because if we stay here, we're going forward. But if we stay back there, everything is going to get farther away. So that is the best example I can give of prayer and getting things done and happening and watching the power of God work over with mm. professing over your own life what you want because there is power in life and the power of the tongue i'm telling you that's right that's right oh my goodness what a testimony what a testimony and 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 you know that's exactly what it is it's it's about us being able to speak those things that uh you know he promises he promises to never leave or forsake us and so you know if if we forget what those promises are then we don't remember to call on them mm -hmm. when necessary. And just right. like you said, he said, why didn't you ask me? Mm -hmm. That's just like so that. Simple. <laughs> That's Simple. Powerful. 
you know, mm-hmm. because we don't think to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we should always be seeking to do those kinds of things, you know, during the course of our life. And that will help us to be able to move forward, forward and not to remain in that vacuum that tries to keep us back. I'm mm-hmm. glad that you brought up uh, with the journaling that, you know, sometimes at times when you go back, yeah, you can, you have to be careful not mm-hmm. to get caught up again mm-hmm. in revisiting it, but, but also the power that comes from knowing that you transcended beyond that space. Yeah. And, and there, and there's power in that. And so, you know, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, some of the things that you're doing now, like you said, with, uh, with your recidivism and talking, do you go and speak to some of the women? Do you still go back and, and, um, speak to some of the ladies in the facility that you were in, or what are some other ways that you are, um, you know, sharing that message with others? Um, two ways, well, actually three, one of the three ways that I do that, um, unfortunately I wasn't able to go back and to the prison because the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. I was supposed to go in for a Black History program, and it was talking about those who were incarcerated, African-American women, who mm-hmm. got out and did something different and positive in their community and in their lives. And mm-hmm. I was going to go back, and then the pandemic hit. So I wasn't able to go back to prison. However, I still talk to the women um, via through Tubs of Love and via email messages. Mm-hmm. And Tubs of Love was created just um, a friend who got out of mine. She did 16 years. And uh, she got out and she, well, before she got out, she was very uh, concerned and worried that she didn't have, first of all, hand sanitizer, soap, uh, sanitizing wipes, um, any type of disinfectant, just toilet paper, all that thing, those things, essentials. She was so worried. And I, I was thinking like, man, I really don't want her to worry about that. So right at nine months before she was getting out, that whole time I was getting together this little bin. So I had put all these essential items from my job in there. And when she got out, I gave them to her and I showed my parents and they were like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, this is just a little tub of love. And hit, that's where it happened. Wow. Tub of love was born in that moment. And then I, I continued to do that. But then my mom, we had that conversation, your chief recidivism crusher. And I started re- like reaching out to everyone and realizing there is such a big, big community of people who have been incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of people who don't know about it and they don't talk about it. Because there's two things that happen, either that when you have when you come out of jail or prison, you come out and change or you come out and you're just going to continue to do what you've done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's, just, it's either one or the other. And I came out with thinking, I am never going back there as an inmate, but I will go back as a volunteer. So I continue to receive calls. I receive emails. I give encouragement. I do all these things because this is what the ladies need coming out. It's not about just being in prison. It's about in your mind, releasing that mindset into I'm going to be in the now, even if I'm in prison, I'm going to make these steps so that when they come out, they meet me. I'm making all these things available to them with tubs of love. When they team up with us, they get us walking with them for the first year, getting just becoming their family and their network. Cause we don't want them to reoffend. I don't want to go back to recidivism. I want them to come out and be free and mentally be able to take care of who they are now so they can grow because the biggest fear of women when they come out or anyone, they don't want to go back. So I had to challenge every woman that I deal with before they come out. A recent one summer, she's still in, but yeah. she gets out in about two weeks. And she gave, I said, well, what is your plan? And what are your dreams? What are your goals? And the first thing she said, well, my biggest goal, this is my fifth time in prison. And my biggest goal is I, I don't want to come back again. 
that's what I want to work at. And I said, well, how about we change that dialogue? Because if you're worried about always reoffending, then you're always going to be scared and you're going to be on edge. You're going to be jumping. Oh my goodness. I, I'm, I'm going to get in trouble because I, I, I don't have this job. I don't have this money. I can't give it to my probation officer. You're always going to be thinking I'm going back to jail. I'm going back to jail. Okay. I told her to walk away from that, put that to the side. We know that that's a caution. But let's not let that be the, for, the forefront of where we're trying to get you to go. Mm-hmm. Give me some goals. Give me five short-term goals that you got for yourself right now. So she rechanged her brain and said, okay, I want to go back to school, go to cosmetology. Goal one, check. Okay, do that. Those are the things that I want women to come into knowing. Yes, I'm meeting you. You're in prison. You come out of prison. That's wonderful. That's not who you are now. You're a new person. Mm-hmm. So getting them to readjust and wipe off that foggy mirror of who they see now it's the biggest mind shift for them as it is for anybody else. Awesome. Awesome. Oh my goodness. One thing that you said a little earlier that I loved and I had to stop and write it down. You said, (laughs) I want to know and grow. And that's so much a part of, of living in the now, you know, because we can't, we can't move or we we can't grow if we don't know, if we're not seeking knowledge, if we don't have, the resources that we need if we don't have the safe spaces to go to yeah. be able to to talk about these things or to be able to express our you know ourselves mm-hmm. without judgment and that's yeah. why you know self-care and and mm-hmm. and being in spaces where where we can express ourselves have become so you know popular now uh-huh. you know it's not something that that is you know just starting it's something that's always existed, but because of the pandemic, it's right in our face now because, yes, you know, the, the things that we were doing or, you know, we were so busy with life mm-hmm. that things weren't stopping and standing still for us to, to be able to face them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And now some of us had the mirror directly in our faces and it's yep. like, okay, now what do you do mm-hmm. now? Where do you go? And I love that you say that it's, it's changing that mindset and it's, mm-hmm. it's not worrying about being a repeat offender, but talking about the goals that you have for yourself today yeah. and moving forward. So that, that way you're not looking back or, or falling back into old habits because mm-hmm. you created new ones. Yes. And so I love that. I love that tubs of love concept, you know, of being able to put that care package together and, and to, mm-hmm. you know, provide those essentials that are needed. And yes. so, you know, it's, it's another form of love. It's another form of, of respect. It's another form of, of saying that, you know, you're an individual and I care about you enough to mm-hmm. put this tub of love together yep. to, you know, to, to help you to meet the needs that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, that says a tremendous amount about who you are and where you've come from. And you didn't say, I've left it behind. You said, let me hold your hand and walk with you until you get to that. Nobody did it for me. Mm. See, and that's the blessing. So if you want it, God says you got to give it if you want to want, if you got to get it back. So I'm going to give a lot of it and I'll get it all in back. It's it's for his glory anyway. (laughs) That's it. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. Well, I have uh, one more question to ask you because these are, Okay. You know, as we, you know, as is customary with the How Now show, we always ask our uh, guests, um, you know, what are some things that 
you are personally doing in the now? Or what are some anecdotes that you can share with our listeners that will help them to live in the now? One of the biggest things I always say is exercise. I know that's a scary word, but you can exercise and not know that you exercise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to be um, a, a physical um, instructor and I would do a lot of aerobics and stuff. And mm-hmm. I worked with some silver sneakers. I did a lot of cool things, but nice. exercise is the biggest thing. So when I came here and I applied that to my life, what I do is I actually, I walk around the neighborhood, or I'll jog and I take my little baby, we just go jog around the neighborhood. And I tell people that work too, they're, I get, I'll write down little things that they could do and help them. And so we, we got a, little, a whole bunch of walking people going around here in nice. Columbia. Nice. Um, also connecting with um, small business owners where I work. So anytime they have something, if anyone here wants to check out what I'm doing, anytime go to Tubs of Love on Facebook and look on our page or go to the group and just kind of browse around because you can look at all the stuff that we're doing. We post everything all the time, who we're helping, what we're doing, um, who we're teaming up with, those and just staying connected during Mm -hmm. all of this. I I believe having exercise, staying connected and fellowship that be with whomever you connect with, that's that's the biggest thing. So those things I feel are crucial. You need Mm -hmm. those, you have to have it, but exercise, exercise, just get up and walk, get up and walk, get a good jog, just do something and get all the family. So like, I'll do that with my kids. We'll all get up and we'll go to the park and we just walk around outside because you have to get some breath. You got to get some you can't be stuck in the Running mask all day. Get some of yeah, that air. Get yeah. some of it. Soak it in. So plan picnics. Do stuff. I know it's quarantine and social distancing. Yes, do practice all of that. But if in the meantime, until we get back to whatever that was, I don't want that because that just created a whole. I want a new something. A new, right. I don't want no right. normal. I want new everything. Right. So let's create something. Let's get people to just changing their minds while we're in this pandemic quarantine. Yes. Let's get them to change their mind, but let's focus, let's change our mental health, let's do some physical stuff and let's stay in the now. And you could practice yoga because they do chakras, they do lots of things that are, and you yes. can practice healing, essential oils. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are lots of things if you if you just go out there and you research and research gotcha. the right things and connect. But to your listeners, please go and visit face, um, the Facebook group, Tubs of Love, mm-hmm. also tubsoflove.com and Recidivism Crushers on Facebook as well. Right. So that is www.tubsoflove.com and the same thing, Tubs of Love uh, on Facebook and then www.recidivismcrushers.com. Let's spell recidivism for them. It's Uh Mm R-E-C-I-D-I-V-I-S. Wait, I want to make sure I have an (laughs) S-M. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Crushers.com. Yes. Okay. And uh definitely go and see all the wonderful work that she is yes. doing. And um take with you, if nothing else, that you want to know to grow. I think right. that was a powerful statement. And if there's one thing that I want people to walk away with, among other things that you've talked about, is that it's about knowing and growing and it's about exercising and moving our bodies and it's about yes. you know community and you said that community even within mm-hmm. the 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 uh penal system to be yeah. able to you know to connect and to to you know develop relationships that are going to help you in the space that you're in and yeah. so that's so important inside and out and so yeah. i thank you caroline so much for joining me today and for 
for enlightening us about recidivism and sharing your story and your insights. They have been powerful. And um, I hope that our listenership will take some of those ideas and some of those concepts with them as we continue to learn to uh, operate and to live in the now. So again, make sure that you go to our website, Tubs of Love and RecidivismCrushers.com. And so with that, I thank you all for joining us. And we look forward to talking about how to live in the now in our next episode. And until then, I say 